Welcome to Dreams and Bones, the podcast designed to help us all learn more about practicing the art of creative living. My name is Carol Woolham Roberts. And I'm her husband, Paul. And we are the creators of Grow Me a Story. Our website dedicated to the idea that everyone is creative. And inch by inch, row by row, we want to help you grow the creative dreams and bones in your life through conversation with other creatives. As your creativity cultivators, Paul and I are excited to bring you another guest here in 2022 to talk with us about the deep joy and meaning that comes from practicing the art of creative living. Our guest in November is our good friend from Kellogg High School, Kelton Enich. Kelton is one of our wonderful language arts instructors at Kellogg High School, where she shares her love of journalism and creative writing with her students. Today, we'll ask her about overcoming the negative resistance some people experience when working at their creative gifts. Here is the final episode of our four-part interview with Kelton Enich. Well, our experience tells us that all creative people occasionally run into roadblocks that make the creative process more difficult. These may be things outside of us, outside of our control, but many times they are internal. Julia Cameron, in her book, The Artist's Way, refers to the censor, this negative voice inside our heads. In his book, The War of Art, Stephen Pressfield talks about resistance, an internal force that stands in the way of any positive act of creativity. Can you give us some examples of encountering and then hopefully overcoming those negative voices of resistance? Yeah, so like I said, my biggest regrets from my childhood are all of these things that I never did. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish I'd been in choir. I wish I'd been in band. I wish I'd been in drama. I wish I had taken any dance lessons, anything Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do any of those things because I was very scared to do things in front of people. Just Uh like I'm sure that's the reason why anybody does Mm -hmm. that. But in retrospect, I wish that somebody would have just made me do it. Mm -hmm. And I wish that my parents would have just made me do it. But I was also involved in so many other things. It wasn't like I was just like not doing anything. So I think that first and foremost, I think, and I talk about this at the beginning of my speech class every year, just like anxiety of doing things or performing things in front of people and anticipating poor feedback or judgment or whatever mm-hmm. um, is something that I experience and I've always experienced my whole life. Yeah, which is why I never did any of those things. <laughs> um, yeah. But I always tell my kids, I always tell my kids this this exact thing. Like, I regret, I regret so much not doing that. And if there's, if you have anything inside of you that can just overcome that and go do that thing, you should do it because mm-hmm. you're never going to look back and say, I regret mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, you're not. Mm-hmm. I really don't know what there is, how really best you can overcome that besides somebody encouraging you and pushing you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really hope that I am for students is to push them and, you know, say, I love that line. And all yeah. of a sudden they're like, yeah. right. mm-hmm. which I definitely had people in my life that did that for me, but I, I just wish that I had done all of it. Mm-hmm. For me, I think, especially with writing time, time is just such a hard thing. Mm-hmm. I fill my time so to the brim yeah. with so many <laughs> things, mm-hmm. uh, which is something I'm really thankful that I, I got this creative writing class back because yeah. 
have this my journal next to my like mm-hmm. right by my computer and every time they write i write like yeah. it is mm-hmm. absolutely a rule for me i'm not mm-hmm. gonna integrate it i'm not gonna you know. good for you and i do and one of my other things that i that is really oh, important to good me for is you i don't sit at my desk and write i go sit in a student desk and write nice. and that makes such a huge difference nice and also i also do we do silent reading on Fridays, and that's mm. also a rule of mine. I will never work while my kids are reading. I will also read with them Good for, for enjoyment, and I will go sit with them. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're all together just doing the same thing, and it, it really makes such a huge difference. Yeah. So that oh, is how I'm overcoming great. my writing yes. time that's... roadblock type of thing. Yeah, You know, that's, that, roadblock. That, is one of, that is one of my regrets. <laughs> As I look back at it, I feel like I didn't write. I didn't write as a teacher. I tried to write when they were journaling and sometimes I sometimes I couldn't. And I never felt like that I had I wish I'd a I wish I'd have stuck to my guns. Mm-hmm. Um I believed that there was value in that, but but it never felt like that that I was getting that feedback uh-huh. from people that were telling me the way I was supposed to do my job. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so so I I felt like I mean and that was a long-term thing. That was not one person. That was I think every administrator that I ever had, I felt like that I'm not sure they're really buying into into some of these things that I think are really important for us mm-hmm. to be doing. And and it was a lot of that very quiet, very internal. I want my kids to learn how to do that. I think mm-hmm. that that's that, that that's important and and so I I I, I don't like the way I modeled that or mm. fi- I I failed to model that as I <laughs> it's so hard though because you have such a to-do list all the time mm-hmm. of things that you need to be doing so you feel like oh this downtime is something I can squeeze something else in yeah another one of the things that I try to model a lot for my kids is in addition to writing along with them and almost always I involve some sort of accountability where they have to like get into a small group, but they usually can pick their small group and they can either share like just one word or mm. they can share a small phrase if, what, because if it's too personal, I don't want them to ever feel like right. so I want it to be a safe space, but I want them to be able to share one word or one phrase or whatever. Um, and I will almost always go around with the group and I'll hold up my journal and I'll say, I wrote this word, this word or this phrase, but then I will also be very honest with them and say, I didn't like this piece of writing. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't think of what else to write. And if I just wrote it down anyway, and I think it's a piece of garbage. And I think that that's really important yeah. for kids yeah. to see that. Yeah. Um, that everything you write isn't perfect. Right. And I think that that's a big, a big roadblock, especially in writing mm-hmm. is just, you know, writer's block. Mm-hmm. And that was something that my teacher in high school, Laura Lee, she would say at the first day of school, she'd say, even if you don't feel like writing, just puke up what yep. you have in your mind on the yep. paper. And she'd right. use those words. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, and so I tell that to my kids on the first day of school, I'll say like, even if it feels like garbage, put it down. I don't mm-hmm. care what it is. It just, your, your hand needs to be moving. You're going to, you're going to have, you know, 60% garbage in here and 40% stuff that you want to actually work with. Mm-hmm. So I really try to model that for my students as well. It's like, look at all this garbage I have that I don't like. But mm-hmm. if it, with some work, it could be really good. Or maybe oh, it will yeah. never be good, but right. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to do this to get something good written down eventually. Right, right. So It's yeah. like, I, I always talked to, uh, I often talk to my kids about, it was like logging miles. I would talk to them about running. Yeah. 
and it's like logging miles. And there are times when, when I, 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 I'm going to log some real quality miles today. I'm going to try to make sure that I do that, or you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just logging miles. That's, That's all really, I care about. I like that. That's all I do. And and I would talk to him about uh, about the the amount of effort that I'm putting in. I can't run as fast as I can run all the time mm-hmm. over a long period of time. Right. And so I've got to figure out that running slow is okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and then picking those moments when when I would up it that, you know, giving them we used to we used to talk about a ten point scale. Guys, for the next five minutes, I need you to be focused uh, at that eight level on a 10-point scale. Focus, focus, focus. And and then, you know, uh, this is like five at the moment. Uh-huh. And that's how hard you're working. And I'm not saying your pen should be moving all of the time. It's okay. It's not... It's not it's not nonstop. There are times when I would ask for nonstop writing. Keep the pen moving. But it's garbage. Yeah. And then there are times when it was, no, it's a little bit. Now this, this is quality stuff. This is harder. This is the hard work. Yeah. Are you starting or currently working on a creative project but don't know what to do next? you need someone to talk to? Someone who will give you feedback and tools to get your creativity back on track. This is what Grow Me A Story is all about. Paul and Carol Woolen Roberts, your creativity cultivators, will help you start, continue, or complete creative projects, big or small. Visit www.growmeastory.com to learn how Paul and Carol can help. Now, back to Dreams and Bones. Well, and I think a big part, a big emphasis that I have in all three of my classes, but primarily English and creative writing, is the art of revision. Mm-hmm. Um, the, mm-hmm. I mean, kids just like don't realize that that's such a huge portion of right. the right. creative process mm-hmm. um, and the writing process in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I mean, in creative writing, I on the first day of school, I pull out my I pull, pull out my folder from high school. That has mm. all of my poems in it that I wrote between ninth and twelfth grade, nice. and they each one is a packet between seven and fifteen drafts long. Mm-hmm. And I flip through it. I go to the first one, and then I go to the second one. And I show them how much writing is on every single one from my teacher and my friends and myself, mm-hmm. and how much it changes. And they, it's like astonishing to them mm-hmm. um, yeah. that it changes that much. But that's where I, that's where I tell them is. Like your first draft is usually garbage. It's almost always garbage. It's very rare that you have something that's amazing. It's like all of the work that you put in afterwards mm-hmm. that things really kind of mm-hmm. come to light. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think I think that's the case for a lot of people. I think there are a lot of people who, mm-hmm. like, very gifted people who can sit down and write something amazing yeah. the first time. Um, but that doesn't happen for them every single time. Right. Yeah. You know, or right. their first piece of music or their mm-hmm. piece yeah. of art or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things... Uh, after reading this, this Stephen Pressfield book, The War of Art, and one of the things that I came away with it was, it's almost like when you, when you feel this resistance, that's normal, 
and that's good because it means you're you're doing something important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he talks about it like I mean, and it could be anything. It's not even just art. It could be starting a diet, starting a running program, starting you know you're going to have this resistance, but it's because it's not this quick fix thing. It's something you're going to, it's a long haul project. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're going to put some work into something for the long haul, you're going to face resistance. Mm-hmm. And that, and the fact that you're feeling that way is a good thing, you know, and it's normal. And it was like, oh, that's, that's really good, you know, to hear that it's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm doing something right. Yeah. If I'm feeling this, oh, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it probably means that you're growing. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we talked to, um, Carrie Stewart Parks, who's a published author, has published many books and, you know, and, and she's a painter, you know, it's just done stuff her whole life. And she said, you know, I'm kind of beyond that I, in a way, you know, she's it's like I've worked through that kind of stuff. She knows her process. Yeah, she knows her yeah. process. And and that I think is where the kids are at mm-hmm. is they don't know any process. Mm-hmm. And so then they don't even know their own process or how that's going to work mm-hmm. and, and, and what what does it mean for me to sit down, get started, work through this, write the, the, all the revisions, and, and come up with a finished mm-hmm. product that, yeah, most of us don't know what that's like. Well, I think mm-hmm. a big part of why students have a really hard time with that is because so often what we're showing them is like the final product. Like, I mean, you right. are going to produce an essay, or you are going right. to produce this. Yes. Yeah. Like, let's watch this YouTube video, this slam poet. Like, this is what you're going to end up doing, but you need... I mean, you do need to show them that, but mm-hmm. I think something that I've really worked into a lot of my lessons is I'll show them a bad piece of writing or I'll show them, you know, like a bad poem. They're like, okay, you guys work together. And I'll say, I wrote this. I wrote mm-hmm. this and it's bad. And so I want you guys to fix it. Like, what would you do to make this better? Mm-hmm. And then that helps them understand, like, yeah. oh, there is a process. Yeah. This is what I need to mimic when I get to this step. Mm-hmm. That has helped a lot mm-hmm. with a lot of different things in my yeah. classes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, the process, that's... Yeah. yeah, big. I know. I remember you saying about an essay. I remember when I was in, I was at U of I, and I think it was like English one hundred and two and one hundred and three. You know, the first two. And I remember, I think it was one hundred and three, and um, we were learning to write an actual essay. And and I remember our teacher brought in a, I think it was like a Rolling Stone magazine, and he showed an essay in the magazine. And it just kind of blew me away because because I don't think anyone had ever explained that essays were actually something. I think you always just thought it was this writing exercise. Yeah. And it's like when I finally realized that, oh, there's a purpose in writing an essay, then it just changed. I You know, that it, I, it was like, oh, this is like means something or, it, you know, there's a purpose to writing yeah. this thing. And and I think, I mean, all through high school and, and all, you know, you're learning to write an essay and no one ever explained that, oh, well, gosh, if you pick up a magazine, there's essays in there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's so funny. How... The purpose behind it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kelton, we have, as usual, very easily filled an hour. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and wow, I didn't realize we, yes. uh, we want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was super fun. Yeah. yeah. This was great. I know. So, and then we're so going to, I'm going to stop the recording and ask uh, just a couple quick questions that w- we don't need to record the answers <laughs> to. They might be politically. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have reached the end of November and the end of our interview with our friend Kelton Enich. Carol, what are your takeaways from this episode? 
I liked how she talked about having small group feedback in her class and and how that is creating a creative community just about just like what we talk about. It is so important to be in communication with one another, with other people, so we can hear those ideas and share some of our own. Well, as we bring this episode to a close, we'd like to thank our Sacred Community Garden members for their support and remind all of our listeners that if you have found us and you're not a member, but you want to know more about Dreams and Bones, go to www.growmeastory.com where you can find out more about practicing the art of creative living with your hosts, Paul and Carol Woolham Roberts. For the month of December, you can look forward to hearing some of the highlights from this past year of podcasts as Paul and I review the year 2022. Plan on joining us next Friday for another episode of Dreams and Bones.